I just left the restaurant after waiting 30 minutes for a day to show up and apparently I got stood up. I'm trying to do everything right to be a gentleman. I brought flowers. I've done everything to be just the kind of guy that would value somebody's time. Like, I just, I'm just looking for my person. I mean, I want to be somebody's husband someday, father. I'm trying to do everything that's right and I just get stood up. Like, my feelings didn't even matter sitting there eating a meal by myself. Like, Elliot dating shouldn't even be this hard. It shouldn't be this hard to find somebody. It shouldn't be this difficult to fall in love. Ladies, tell me, what did I do wrong? I felt bad yeah. for the experience that he had because to me, it sounds like this isn't the first time he's experienced rejection. He sounded so defeated. This wasn't about this particular date. This is about mm -hmm. the way his dating life has gone so far. A lot of guys ain't really on that type of time and like been actually being sincere about it. Like, I want to mm -hmm. be a husband. I want to be a father. Exactly. Just fresh off the bat. I wouldn't necessarily trust a nigga that say some shit like that. Just same, same. way, like a woman, <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? It's a little <laughs> bit love, mommy. Mm -mm, it's a little love, your mommy. Your first red flag right there, okay? Yeah, um, but, yeah. He said the thing. He but, said the thing. This motherfucker's crazy. Already. It's a red flag. I think at one point in time, I may have had, had 16 cases on my caseload. I would leave a house, get in the car, have a complete meltdown on the way to another house. <laughs> like... And have and to get like, listen. You got it. I would have to pull oh. myself together, wipe my face off, let my eyes Holy clear shit. up because I wasn't being attentive of how I was carrying all of that with me. And a lot of times, I think new therapists don't think about their own mental health with experience. You don't. There's a desensitization. That's right, right? Yeah. Desensitization. Yeah. Yeah. There's a desensitization syllable, <laughs> that happens, unfortunately, whenever you do intensive work that I did, because I did intensive family intervention. Because it's mm. intensive, you're constantly dealing with situations that are in crisis mode. So it's never, oh, I'm having a good week. It was always on 10. Everybody's always on 10. Desensitized so, to your feelings or the yes. feelings or both? Yes. Yes, okay. when I say desensitize my feelings, I don't mean the empathetic part. I mean the yeah. part of yeah, shock. Yourself. Yeah, like I don't get shocked about cases anymore. I don't yeah. get caught off guard if I see something in somebody's house or if somebody tells me a really tragic, traumatic story. I don't have that same visceral reaction that I used to have when I first started. And Is that that's bad? because, no, I don't think in this Or is it good? Now, I think in this profession that the the that ability to compartmentalize in that way yeah. is a good thing. I have to turn that off because if I don't, I, I can't be at 100 percent to to get into the situation and figure out how to help resolve it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if, if I'm just as distraught as y'all, then I can't hold it together enough to help the family find the resources that they need. So yeah. I had to start doing what I told my clients to do. And I would tell my clients, find you a hobby that don't cost nothing. Find you a, a series on a streaming you know, whatever streaming, find, something, find you yeah. something, find you something that makes you feel good. If you like to swim, go do that. If you like doing hair, do that. It worked for them, but I wasn't using it for myself. Mm -hmm. So I had to start incorporating things that would help me flush that out. 
because there's no way not to carry it. There's no way not to for that to hit you if you are any part of a human with a heart and a sense of empathy. There's no way for that stuff not to be like, whoa, but I can't, I can't. I will say that because in the past life I did, I did similar work. I used to work for um, the DeKalb County Accountability Course. Like I ran the mental health facet. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Alvin, I may have run into you. We may have run into each other somewhere. It's it's been a while. So I ran I ran that for about three years. So when, from it was twenty fifteen to okay. twenty eighteen. I was gone by then. I was about to say I was about yeah. to say you to back up a little you, bit. But if you still have like you know connections to the program, like you know I still know you know I still know all the judges and mm-hmm. you know, same. Lot, most, I still know all the judges. There. Yep, security so, guards down front with the metal detectors. I know them too. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Y'all just come through like royalty. So for, for me, for me, less so the people who really walk through like royalty are the um, the prosecutors. Listen, so, I, so, so, so for us and this is some insider shit. I'm sorry. That's it will so get cold, true. It will get it will get cold in there. So a lot of times the the prosecutors were the only people able to bring in space heaters because that was considered contraband. So like people would like mm. befriend like an ADA and be like, hey, man, can you bring my space heater up to my office for security shit. for me? Ain't that um, some <laughs> Prosecutor just walk in, you start hearing music. Yeah, because you know, like, like even um, <laughs> even like police officers couldn't bring their guns into the courthouse. For Listen, like, the, only, the only people that could that could have guns in a DeKalb County courthouse were the sheriffs. I so, got like, police stopped. officers would check their guns in. I got stopped downstairs at DeKalb With County Juvenile Court because I had a Swiss Army knife in my purse. Yeah. Yeah, oh. the 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 security guard down front, he said, "Jill Scott, what you doing with this knife in your pocketbook?" <laughs> I was like, dude, yo, I, I didn't want to like, say this Who? shit. <laughs> me, I was same, just, same. I was like, she's giving me a Jill Scott vibe. Like, like, listen, yo, if I, I had like, a I was like, line, respectful, y'all, I was like Jill, y'all, was good listen, with you. I take she it about to take us on a long walk. Okay, if I had a dime for every time somebody says, "You know who you look like." And yeah, I say, you know Jill Scott. Yeah, yeah, I have had people have see me in public stacked. who didn't know my name. I went It'd to see like, my niece when she had a baby. The nurse at the nurse's station was trying to get my attention, and she said, "Jill," and I turned around because I knew she was talking. It's either Jill I get Scott Jill Scott, <laughs> I get Jill Scott, or I get Leela Rashawn from Harlem Nights, Sunshine. I can see. I can Ooh. see both. I can mm-hmm. see both. I get sunshine. I've had. I have had men call me sunshine. Uh, okay. 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 <laughs> That's a wild way to get a cat. Ain't it though? Ain't hey, Jill it? Scott, run it back. Run it back. Listen, Jill. I smile and nod. I just wish I had Jill's coins in my bank account. Ooh, Lord. So Yo, let me, let me let me let me intro this pod real quick. Welcome everybody to Waving the Red Flag, the number one dating and Jill Scott appreciation podcast in the universe. <laughs> it's your boy Eddie Overgold. Joined today by, of course, Josh, Alvin, and today we've got Te- Pamela Merritt, the therapist. Uh, there's a bunch of letters after your name that I think is some some degree stuff. So we're not gonna get into tell it. folks about Mm-mm. that. Okay, Mm-mm. PhD, DD, TNT. That, that don't even you know, matter drama, here. Drama. I'm cousin. Oh, yeah. I'm cousin. Cousin Pam. Okay, that's who I am. Today. Cousin Pam, the therapist <laughs> with the with the most. Let's get yeah. into it. So, <laughs> Alvin, I think you were t- you were talking most. about your experience of like being in that same space and what it felt like yeah so what i was gonna say is that we were 
rehash with, with our guests what an accountability court is. It's actually very refreshing to have somebody that knows what that is. Yeah, but okay. you know, like, so we're dealing we're dealing with with people with nonviolent felony offenses, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing that got me was a lot of times we'd have people that would become um, clients in the program that were more on the the criminogenic side of it than the addiction side of it or even the mental health side of it. Mm-hmm. So I found myself over time lacking empathy for our participants just because they were like, I'm like, this is a criminal. This is a, this is, this is mm-hmm. a guy that's just trying to get out. Like I'm going to do my due diligence. I'm going to do my job. But like, so that was something that like I had to process, especially I'd say, I'd say probably like after my first year, I got better at it. But during that first year, it was very tough for me to, see see what we were actually trying to to accomplish from yeah. you know getting getting our our clients to be you know functional members of society good for their family good for themselves that kind of situation versus seeing only seeing criminals when mm-hmm. i was looking at them it was very difficult so for me for me personally it it was a it was a lack of empathy toward who i was trying to help at least yeah. very early on in my career in that sense you know when i experienced that <clears throat> i used to go to the cab county drug court um, every Wednesday afternoon at like five o'clock and it was an all boys program. So anytime I had boys in that program on Wednesdays, when they had to go before the judge, you know, whether or not they've done their homework, have they done their community service? How is therapy going? That's the kind of stuff that we would talk about. Their parents would be there. Probation officers would be there. So everybody would take their turn talking about, you know, how everything was going. The people that I lost empathy for that I had to check myself were the parents Mm -hmm. because they would be doing some of the dumbest shit it would be like have you you know you had a positive drug test and you know what happened tell me what happened and it would be i was smoking with my mama and you know she gave me such and such and such and it didn't work to clear it up Mm. it would be that type of stuff or it would be situations of where the children were trying to escape the feeling of trauma. So I had a I had a 14-year-old, y'all. I had a 14-year-old on my caseload. And during an argument, his mama told him he was he had AIDS. She had AIDS. She had passed it to him and kept it a secret. They oh. got in an argument and she told him that no it wasn't AIDS she told him he was HIV positive she told him that in an okay, argument okay, yeah, yeah. so he went on a dr- he went on a drinking binge and a and a drug binge and showed up to court with a with a negative test this was and a had to spend had to spend the weekend grader. yep had to spend the weekend in juvie but it was like what do i do when you we know also, me like, my mama I told don't you have so this type shit like that's why you got HIV. Like, what? oh, yep. yo, that's a wild one. Yep. See, that's why yep. you got HIV. That's a, and that's they were a already they were in therapy because of the tension in their relationship and the fracture in their relationship. So they didn't have good communication skills. They didn't have that type of bond. So when they argued, they argued like strangers on the street. So she mm. told him that pain, like, just trying to hurt the other. Yeah, person. trying to inflict pain. So yeah. uh, you know, to your point, Alvin, that was the group that I had to constantly be like, okay, Pamela, everybody's moral mm-hmm. compass is not the same. Everybody's idea of parenting is not the same. Grace. Grace it was very. T- it was very tough for me to learn grace. Grace is like what I said. I it, had it, to... it, t- it took me about a year. It took me about a year in that role for I finally like mm-hmm. got it. See, that's the thing that I like, I've because we talked about this a lot on the pod of like 
the responsibility of parents. And I think to varying degrees, we've all been critical of, you know, because there's a different responsibility when you've got a parent and a child, when it comes to that relationship, right. it's not like a, it's not like spouses. It's not, it's, there's a very, here's the person who's responsible. Here's the person who's not, but I've through the course of this podcast and just conversations, I think I've grown a lot more like understanding that like everybody who's a parent is somebody else's kid and there's no like instruction manual that tells you here's how you get up to speed to be a functional healthy responsible adult so that you can raise this other human being so i've had to be a lot less or or have attempted to be a lot more like understanding of like yo this person got pregnant at 16 they don't they Mm -hmm. don't they didn't the curriculum didn't teach them and they're like fuck okay i'm just trying to get my needs met and i'm angry or i'm this Mm -hmm. or i'm feeling angry so i'm going to express anger to this kid and i'm fucking this kid up Mm -hmm. but i don't you know so how did what kind of parent did the 16 year old have right and it's just it gets passed down so how did you grow that like how did you grow that empathy and also i guess my my bigger question is not just how you learned it but how do you think people should approach situations like that where parents are abusive neglectful just not doing their job right etc etc it's a case to case thing. You know, okay. there, there was one time where I had to call and have a foster home shut down. You know, I had mm-hmm. to have a foster home shut down at like 10 o'clock at night and all, had to stay overnight with the kids while all of the workers found new placements. So, you know, it just depends. I've also sat down with a mom and her daughter who were at each other's throats and we did a role reversal. You act like okay. your mom, you act like your daughter Here's Mm -hmm. the subject. Talk about it as if you were the other person. And when you have to put yourself in somebody else's position and you put yourself in somebody else's mindset and you put yourself in somebody else's context, for me, that's the thing that works. When I'm working with the, the, the dysfunctional parent and they're mean to their kids or they're taking all their anger out on their kids, I always try to find out what was the parent's parenting like? What Who parented the parent? And what they brought from that experience into this one. And how was it working that you brought your mama shit into your shit with your kids? How was that working mm. out for you? And if it's if it's yeah. not working, then what can we do to make it work for you? I always wanted the parents to feel like we were on the same team. I'm not here to criticize you. I'm not here to judge you, call you a bad parent. I'm not here to tell you what to do because I don't know your everyday life and I didn't birth this child, so I don't know them like you do. So what 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 are you already doing? Where are the cracks? And then I can come in and we can examine the cracks. Everybody can process it together and we can figure out how to come to some type of middle ground to fill these cracks in. And if we can't, we need to figure out why we can't do that. Like who's stopping the process? Yeah. I do like that role reversal yeah. shit though. I feel yeah. like would do people surely people fuck that up though because I feel like you would start caricaturing the other person like do you have to do you have to rein that in and be like okay so if I was a bitch I guess this is what I would say, and say some crazy <laughs> what I have to rein in is the defensiveness <laughs> listen I give between clear couples, instructions <laughs> yeah exactly between a couple okay well if I was a little dick bitch ass <laughs> nigga this is what I would say <laughs> right. if I put myself in his shoes oh, oh really well if no, I was a state no. person a big headed asshole this is what I'd be doing oh no no <laughs> No, no. So do people when, do that, or is that just us? Is that no, just my toxic? no. They do. They do. <laughs> okay, so, okay. but when I start, when I would do those modeling sessions where I would incorporate some type of modeling activity, I mm. always would create guidelines, and I would have each party 
okay, let's talk about what the guidelines are for this activity. Okay. What can Ooh. you not do? Bumpers. Because okay. when you break a rule, you can't say I created it. No, y'all mm. created it. So you have to take responsibility for it. So we set guidelines about, you know, we're not going to mock each other. We're not going to make fun of each other. We're not just mm. be real, you know? So honest what I would attempt. Yeah, what I would always have to ring in is the defensiveness of the other person when they saw what they looked like mm. or they heard what they sounded like. Yes. So when I would have it, most of the time, it would be parents. When their children were in their role and talked to them, like the parents would be like, I don't, I don't talk like that. I don't, that ain't how I, mm. and it is like, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah, you you just yeah ain't you ne- you, You've never had a mirror to see yourself, but this is, ex- I've seen it. <laughs> so yeah, this is, <laughs> and I would, you know, it would be about, you got to respect the experience. The, the experience of you that this person is having is something you can't deny. You can tell me your intentions. You can tell me what you meant. But you can't deny somebody's experience of you. You can't deny how that landed on them. But yeah, that was the real end that I had to do. Like, oh God, the defensiveness. Parents would be ready to fight. <laughs> I bet. I they bet. would be ready right, to fight. Right. I'm doing the best I can. It ain't good enough sometimes, yeah. Just piggybacking on Eddie's point, and I've been I've been very open about, say, my my relationship or lack thereof with my mother as an adult. I also think that a lot of people are leaning more towards what you're saying, Eddie, like which I which I kind of view effectively as throwing the parents a bone. Like you got to understand the full context of that. I also think that yeah. people need to understand that there are 100 percent parents that just fucked up like mine. Um, mm-hmm. Like if, every every parent Agreed. didn't have like didn't have like a horrible, you know, childhood. And then, you know, they had a child when they were 16 and you know my mother was 30. Yeah, <laughs> grown, grown. You know, my, yeah. you, know, my, mm-hmm. you know, I was mm-hmm. I was not my mother's first child. Um, my mother had, had practice. A phen- yep. Yeah, my my mother had a phenomenal mother mm. who ultimately Damn. you know raised my sisters. You know, to be mm-hmm. phenomenal, um, phenomenal young women. She got she kind of just fucked up, and it was also just one of those situations where I was even I was even open to throwing her a bone, and I was kind of like, "Mom, you know, I'm throwing you a bone here. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't see you as my maternal figure. We can be cool. You know, we can we can be friends, maybe. We can be we can be friends. We can have a relationship. Be cordial. But I'm gonna, yeah, but I'm gonna need you to stop this whole like, well, you guys turned out fine conversation with me, mm-hmm. um, despite yeah. you, not because of you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, we gotta, we gotta chill on that, and she, and she didn't. So I think, like, I think that's where the ad hoc nature of it comes in. I think it needs to be looked at on a case by case basis because everybody, you know, some stuff happens in, in in more of a vacuum than I think we do outside of a societal vacuum, which is the bone that I threw my mother. I was like, totally society agree. wasn't kind to you. Society wasn't kind to you, mom. I get it. I totally agree. I have had mothers that have been horrible parents in my opinion and it didn't have anything to do with their context the way they were right didn't have anything to do with that it had to do with whatever was happening with them internally that they hadn't worked out you need to go see somebody about that so you can stop projecting that onto everybody you run into you need to stop you need to go see somebody so you can stop putting this on your children you can stop putting this on your spouse you can stop putting this on your family you need to go work your shit out for some parents, it's just that. It, it There is no thing that happened to them. It's just that they need to go, you need to go work your shit out because you, mm-hmm. you messing up your kids because you refuse to acknowledge your shit. What does it look you, like to do that? Because I feel like when you're a parent, I, I, I've never been a parent. I'm probably not going to be one for a while. And all of that is intentional because I don't think that I'm equipped Cap. to do so. But Cap. what? Wait, what's Cap? Cap. He's Eddie Cap. Bada, shoot, watch, Ooh. watch me. 
within the I'm next year. I'm about to get somebody Eddie pregnant. You feel it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, Eddie gonna I'm have fertile. a little mini overgold. I'm fertile. That's that's if somebody mama like start dreaming about yeah, fish. Eddie done got somebody pregnant. Oh <laughs> shit. Oh <laughs> shit. Yo, I had a dream about fish last night. You mean Baby. To tell me that's, that's me? Eddie, that's you better call her. You better call and find out. Oh if shit. If folks start dreaming about fish, then Oh man, Hold I'm up. walking through a neighborhood and I see a curly baby like, like oh fuck, who is <laughs> Who, who daddy is that child? Who's okay, child? Okay. Who's child okay. That? Who's That's child? actually a fear of mine. I'd be checking old girlfriend's Instagram just to see if I see somebody that like a, a child or a the baby right that looked like right you. Feature. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've done yeah. That, before. that is hilarious. Because that, that's terrible. That honestly is one like jail and that are two of my biggest like adult mm-hmm. fears. Like mm-hmm. largely. Yeah. But what I was going to mm-hmm. ask is what does it look like to do that as an adult? Because it seems like as an adult that doesn't have kids, having the time to figure your shit out in real time is like real resource heavy. Mm-hmm. And I know we kind of throw throw at people like, oh, just go to therapy. And it's like, that's not really financially Affordable. or logistically real. Yeah, at all. So I'm just thinking. And then you got to find a good therapist. Sorry. Yeah, what Listen, it Because it's not, it's not like toothpaste. You can, not even like a doctor. A, you can find a therapist if you're poor. Yeah, it, it, but it's hard to find a match. Like I, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's yeah. very a good difficult one, to find a match. Cultural, gender, personality. It's like trying to find a find a partner. Like it's it, it's so specific because I've been to therapists that I was like, "Yo, you're terrible at this. We're not mm-hmm. a good match." And I've been to ones where it's like, "Fuck, you saved my life. Great." But I just found you off some dumb luck shit. Like mm-hmm. I didn't. They didn't have. Oh, here's the bad therapist. Here's the good ones. Or like here, do a personality inventory, and we'll find you the therapist that matches your style. They just go. Here's a motherfucker who's another mm-hmm. person with mm-hmm. all that different shit. But yeah, what does that look like for a parent to, like, let's say I'm I'm a parent. I got some kids. I'm not doing the best job. I'm causing problems. But I have the resources, maybe emotionally, to maybe do a better job. What mm-hmm. does that look like? And that's all shit? you need. If you got, if you have the internal motivation, that because because the internal motivation will motivation allow you to acknowledge what you've done. That's you see what I'm journey, saying, though. Alvin. Well, I can, yeah. mm-hmm. If you have if you have internal motivation, you will be mature enough to acknowledge what you've done. And then you will be mature enough to listen to other people's experience of you and figure out how you can live differently and impact people differently. Because I've had, you know, come into contact with these situations. It's a situation where if somebody is willing to acknowledge what they've done and they're open to listening to how they've affected people, they want to do something different. Okay. So if 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 I if I'm working with somebody who's open and the narrative of them is that they're mean and they yell all the time and they're defensive all the time, what they want to do is not be those things. So they're open to feedback from family. They're open to talking to their kids about how can I how can I not be mean to you? Like mm. these are literal conversations. What a wonderful that I, thing to say to your kids, actually, because I feel like so many people need that. Strength. I don't want to yeah. be. I don't want you to feel like I'm ignoring you. So what? And I would say, you know, like, okay, so what can you do to make this a little bit more cohesive? Because ther- therapy is expensive as shit. So, you know, if you got, if you have a support system, you got friends, you got family who you trust that are wise that can help you, like, turn that situation around bit by bit. Cause it's hard when you're talking about an adult who has been functioning 
in a certain way for a long time, I would mm-hmm. always tell my clients, yeah, this is hard. You've been acting, you've been, this has been your normal functioning for 20 something years. So it's just not, it's not going to undo itself in a week. It takes practice. But if you're open to the work that it takes to practice, you can get it. It's like learning how to learning a new skill. It's just, you know, it just takes some some work. And if people are willing to do yeah. the work, it can make some significant changes. But that's what it takes. It takes an acknowledgement. And if they're not, it don't matter what mm-hmm. the fuck nope. is available for them to do. It's no, it does end. not. Nope. That's some, I, I really like the, the image that you painted there of like, yeah, because it's people that are like, it's I feel like and I feel like most people are trying to be decent, but it's hard because you got to you got to guard yourself. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You got to you got to watch out for your own well-being. But I think sometimes you get wrapped up in like as a parent, you're defensive against your own child, maybe, which because your child is a per- like your, your child can hurt your feelings. Like that's Listen, just because they're your kid. Don't mean that they can't like make you feel like shit. And we all shit, have so. egos. We yeah, all have an ego. And so like we automatically get defensive when our egos get bruised. The last mm-hmm. thing people want is for somebody to tell them that they're not a good parent. You ain't got to say nothing else. You ain't got to call out no specifics. All you got to do is insinuate that somebody's not a good parent. I that's a whole argument. To the bone, yeah, that's man. a whole yeah, argument. You got to be... Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and ain't nothing like good. doing it as a as an adult as an adult child. Listen <laughs> here, because I be doing it. And you tell your mama that she was you a turned bad out parent. Great. What the fuck? Because I, I be doing it. I be like, wait a minute. You. You're not gonna say that and get away with it. <laughs> that was a that was a lie. The lie detector determined that was not Listen, true. Listen, I'm good for asking. What does that mean to you? Before I Ooh, before I internalize this and get with offended, a with a something. yeah, that's a good one. Before <laughs> I internalize this and get offended, what does that mean to you? So I can make sure that I that I'm taking. I this fed in. you, I clothed you, mm-hmm. I housed you, mm-hmm. and that's like, it. You, so I'm the one that taught you emotional. Yeah, did, yeah. yeah. In Alvin's case, it's like, well, didn't I clothe me and house me and feed me? So because I need to know, like, do I need to be pissed or, or, you know, do I need to let it slide? Like, I want to be clear. Be compassionate, let shit go. That is a a very good tactic. Mm -hmm. That is a very good tactic. What do you mean? What does that mean to you? What does that mean for you? Specifically. When you say, you'll never know how much I love you. What does that mean? Why Mm -hmm. would, why wouldn't I know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Tell me Because I love you this much. Mm -mm. Yeah. (laughs) That don't, that don't, that don't make my stomach tickle like you think it does. Like, I need to know what that means. If you are a horrible parent. Bad behavior. Yeah. You a horrible parent and you tell me I love you more than you will ever know. What does that mean? Because I don't, I'm, I'm not clear. That's some cult shit. That's some, that's some, we're not going to, our actions are not going to match our words. So we're going to use the top shelfest words to Mm -hmm. like muddy up the fact that the action of love isn't being performed here. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't give a fuck Mm -hmm. about, oh, you love me? Like, that's... Mm -hmm. And I've seen how... And I've seen how your love works. And I've heard that line used on other people. So I need to know what that means before you try to use that on me. Yeah, I need to know what it means. All right, let's get into a little uh, Twitter video thing. Did y'all see that... uh, Did you see old buddy that got stood up on his date? (sighs) Mm -hmm. Mm, Damn, that was the one I didn't click on. I did. I'll play it right now. You probably could watch a little bit now while we're talking, Josh. It's not long. I'll I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll play it for the the whole everybody to just get everybody... uh, Because your your husband actually taught me how to do this. So let me... Hold on. Oh, yeah. He done upgraded this low-key guy. Yeah. So I just left the restaurant after waiting 30 minutes for a date to show up, and apparently I got stood up. 
I don't know what to say. Like, I'm trying to do everything right to be a gentleman. I brought flowers. I've been consistent talking with this girl for two weeks, trying to get to know what she likes, what she doesn't like. I made plans. I picked the restaurant, the day and the time. You know, I've done everything to be just the kind of guy that would value somebody's time. Like, I just... I'm just looking for my person. I'm just looking for the one that... I guess is out there for me. I mean, I want to be somebody's husband someday, father. I'm trying to do everything that's right, and I just get stood up. Like, my feelings didn't even matter. Sitting there eating a meal by myself, and realizing that nobody even cares about people anymore. Like, alien dating shouldn't even be this hard. It shouldn't be this hard to find somebody. It shouldn't be this difficult to fall in love, to be to kind one another. Like, what? Ladies, tell me, what did I do wrong? I don't know. I feel sorry for Ice Square over here. Somebody need to throw him some love. Yeah, today I was not a bad. good day. I yeah, felt bad yeah. for him. I felt bad yeah. for the experience that he had because to me, it sounds like this isn't the first time he's experienced rejection. That is the that, part that got definitely me. Definitely not. To me, this that wasn't was after. Even a, yeah, this wasn't about this particular date, like altogether. I think this is about mm-hmm. the way his dating life has gone so far. And so I felt bad for him because I felt like, oh, he's had this experience of rejection Mm -hmm. multiple times. Like, Mm -hmm. this isn't the first time Mm -hmm. he's experienced that. And I hate that for him because it just sounds like he's running into some disingenuous people, which is what happens when you date, especially these days because the dating pool got piss in it. So, I mean, that's part Mm. of what happens. Yeah, (laughs) Piss and Clorox. Yeah. And and once piss is in the pool, you can't get away from it. So you just got to like, Develop some tough skin, unfortunately, and find a way for situations like that to not um, knock you down to the point where you feel like it's over for you. Because he sounded so defeated. I felt so bad for him because he sounded sounded so defeated. And I was like... And confused and shit. Yeah. Wait, what I I, I say, Alvin? You f- he got to move out of L.A. because he'd probably be a little bit better off if he was in Wisconsin. <laughs> L.A. Is, LA is tougher, though. L.A. is a lot Not Wisconsin, y'all. We had a whole conversation about why I don't think that's true on average. Like, like this was maybe four episodes ago. For him I, in we, particular, I think so. He's, because he specifically, his observation was, why is L.A. dating so hard? I understand why the nigga had an attitude. Like, it's that specific place that makes you feel yeah, but I think everybody I can't find. He's gonna have that same issue in in the dating in the dating app culture mm. in most places. Mm. Because what I what I think is True. I think he's I think he's an old school guy. Oh, that flowers on the first day. Bouquet yeah. is crazy, baby. He listen, has not, he has not adapted. <laughs> Yeah, to he the, living in 1965. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, that, shit, that, shit, that shit only worked on if camera. she did you hear the Did you hear the yeah. music? Like this, this, this seemed yeah. like a club type district. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was very yeah. upbeat. This yeah. yeah. So, I brought flowers and he had them off screen. Like he pulled them onto the fucking frame. <laughs> they I don't know. Listen. Yeah. So he's, 
So this is an old school guy that hasn't adapted to the 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 fast paced app based dating culture where like people kind of see like Definitely, this yeah. kind of first meeting as as expendable. Right. Mm-hmm. If you don't, mm-hmm. if, I, if I stand you up, you're you're right back on Tinder. You're right back on Hinge. You're right back on Bumble. Like find another one. So it's it's okay to just like stand people up. And I think that he hasn't adapted that. I also will point out but that no. I don't necessarily yeah. think that it's phenomenal that people have to adapt to that. I think people should be able to find their their niche within dating culture and kind of. What and I works think you for can criticize and, dating culture and say like, hey, the, the norm yeah. that everyone is mm-hmm. doing is is like I'm not wrong. Yes, the whole I, system that's the is thing. fucked I up. Yeah. I don't think he's wrong. I think the system is fucked up. But I also don't yeah. think that I think the system's fucked up everywhere, right? Like I remember being in, but it's, in, it's, Ath- it's I remember being in Athens, Georgia, in Athens, Georgia, and people having this problem, right? People oh, that Lord. wanted to find their but person. It's levels. I've dated in different like Aust- cities, and Austin, different Texas, cities are different. Like, like I have no. So I think I think what people say when they say LA is they're they're thinking that like everybody's super attractive, and we had that whole conversation about. I do think that people LA are has slightly a, more attractive. I disagree on average. I say that the upper echelon of LA because of what LA is and people go mm. there for certain specific types of opportunities that may yeah. be based on their attractiveness specifically that the upper echelon may be but I say on average like that shit's fucking everywhere. Like no, Okay, but I think the thing or, you have or, to take or into to, or to max also... point to max point if you're looking for a specific type of person that may then be more specific. Be. We don't and we don't LA know what this girl right? look like. But no, yeah. I think the thing in LA that's got to be taken into account is it's not just are these people actually hotter. It's do the people think that they're hotter? Do they do they do they value their looks in a certain way? And I think that that as a type of person is much more common on average in LA than in other cities where maybe people are hotter, but they're not. That's not. Uh, I think I think I think women in personhood. I think women in every major city think that man. There was just a series of like Twitter like <laughs> by by okay. city. Hold no, on. like there's a and if you haven't seen these, I thought it was I thought it was very entertaining just overall. But okay. it was like cities you wouldn't even think of where they were like women from X city check in like we're the hottest, we're the baddest, like that kind of situation. Detroit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. had a very good roster you know what i mean like, <laughs> like D- detroit, detroit had the baddies fucking milwaukee yeah. wisconsin was on there like showing out bet. fucking charlotte you know what i mean like cities that you wouldn't even necessarily associate with it because everybody has that perception of themselves in the in the tiktok in the twitter in the instagram era i think more so than they mm-hmm. used to but i'd say mm-hmm. on average maybe i, I completely i completely yeah. disagree on this i haven't lived in la LA's so i don't know great. but I've lived in other cities, I and I wouldn't know. necessarily feel okay. But here's the thing that I looked at: I want to know, did he confirm the date of? Because getting stood up to me doesn't really make sense. Like I've never been stood up, and I like, oh, and I I've bet. never stood anybody up. Say again. Of course, I said I bet my nigga. Shit. Hey, of course, hey, baby, you already know what it is. It's, it's your boy. I mean, it. come on. <laughs> They picking they you up early. They picking 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 you up early. They Exactly. Right. Right. What did I do wrong? I, I texted him before. He said he would be here, and I saw right. he, took my, he took my best friend home instead. He left me know. on red. He left me red. Not at all. But like, what I mean is, I'm not gonna go to a venue if I haven't texted you that day. If it's Friday and we go, okay, we're meeting this Friday. I'm texting you, and even if it's next Friday, I'm t- texting you this Friday for to confirm in a week out. Like. That's part of it. So if he just if he didn't get a confirmation text and just showed up, 
Did he get stood up or did this motherfucker just not understand? Oh, man. But what if he did confirm and she just maybe he did. I'm, sure he did. I'm pretty sure maybe he did. He uh-huh. You think so? I'm and she just sure didn't show he up. Did. Yeah, he yeah, did. Absolutely. I, and I okay. say well, he fuck did. Her. Yeah, yeah. I say he did because of how intentional he was with what he brought and what his intentions were. So I don't think that with the effort that he's putting into looking for a companion, that he would arbitrarily set a date and not confirm it, not talk to her, not say I'm on my way, not say I'm here. I don't think he would do that. The nigga brought roses on the first day. Multiple. Right. Like, no, yeah. he was serious. Oh, he talked to her. He called her. She Not probably texted him. He overcommunicated. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. probably too much. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. I'm here, pulling up, sitting down, pulling next right to the window. Just parked. Okay. Yes. Just found the table. <laughs> I'll order a drink. What would you like? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. He all right. It's been about five <laughs> minutes. Uh... <laughs> yep. He did all of that. But, but even cold. before that, though, like, because he seems like one of those, like, very genuinely sweet guys, mm-hmm. but is trying too hard. That really, like, wants, his, mm-hmm. wants something, mm-hmm. but he's trying too hard. And no it matter how sweet you are, and that's exactly it suck because it, it don't matter who you are. Like, when you try too hard with somebody who's, like, on the fence about you, unless yeah. they feel the exact same way about you, which is extremely yeah. weird off the cuff, that trying too hard shit don't work. It's a turn off. It gets it get it, it get kind of spooky a little bit. Exactly. And then like guys internalize that to say, oh man, I tried to be a good person. And it sounds like you started to internalize that. I tried to do everything right. I did. Mm-hmm. I was a good person. I brought the I brought the flowers. I brought the chocolate. I chose the day. I did all these things mm-hmm. right. Don't even understand just that type of shit. Like, bro, like you might be just trying too damn hard. And I and like a lot of like niggas. Cause that's listen, what, these bitches they don't fuck with good niggas no more. That's why you gotta treat them like shit. The comment section right. was crazy. Yeah. yeah, this man was crazy. saying, "I wanna be a husband. I wanna be a dad. I wanna mm. start a family." So <laughs> if you telling that to the internet, I can only imagine what the conversation between the yeah. two of you too much was you like. Too much because you telling us the you tell you on Blue Ivy's internet. Telling us about not just <laughs> that you Blue got stood Ivy's up. Internet. Listen, not just that you got stood up because you know world. she, you know she got Beyonce headlining for her. You know she to open the app. Yeah, yeah, but that's true. You that's on true. Blue Ivy's internet and you telling us all of your goals for life, but this was just a date. But to shoot him bail, it is at the end of his rope. Like he didn't get on on his first. This is after lots of experiences right. that he's frustrated. He's giving. Here's my whole thing. So all I'm saying is. If he said that to us, I can only imagine what he said to her about I can see what he's looking for. Right. I can only That's imagine. That's the crazy thing about it. A lot of a lot of guys ain't really on that type of time and like been actually being sincere about it. Like I want to be a husband, I want to be a father. A lot of because a lot of times like I wouldn't just fresh out the bat. I wouldn't necessarily trust a nigga that say some shit like that. Just same, same. way, like a woman, <laughs> yeah, like you know what I'm saying. It's a little <laughs> bit love, mommy. Mm-mm, it's a little love. Your mommy. first red flag right there. Okay, yeah. Um, but, yeah. He said the thing. He but said the thing. This motherfucker's crazy. Already. Wearing the wearing the shit too. But um, I don't think a lot of niggas like genuinely and sincerely mean it when they say that. I want to be, I'm ready to be a husband. I'm ready to be a father. And that's the crazy thing because a lot of women want that in a man. But you still gotta play your cards right. And I yeah. don't think he's playing. Yeah, I don't think he's Take playing it. his cards right and taking his time. Yeah. Because otherwise it comes you, across Jim, like you're trying to convince her. And what yeah. <laughs> it's creepy. It's creepy. It's very so, creepy. Like she sung it to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Take, your, <laughs> take your time. So, I'm gonna try to be very 
Uh oh. Calculated <laughs> with what I'm Alvin, going Alvin to be. Uh oh. Uh oh. He be putting them in the barrel. I'm I feel like I need everything. to put my seatbelt right. on. Uh-oh. We all about right. to get our feelings. Linda's not somehow. simply read a nigga. Really. Listen, we yeah, don't yeah, get yeah. disclaimers <laughs> like that unless he about to tear something up. No, I, oh, shit. I don't. I, he about to try and do it nice too. Uh-huh. He about to get the Vaseline. Uh huh. So go ahead, do it no Vaseline. Move you and up I'll, first. I'll Let's say all go. this stuff and I'll and I'll encase it in me being self-deprecating, right? So I, I've had okay. the conversation on here several times about me not being a guy that's going to have a lot of success on dating apps, right? I'm a I'm a bar guy. I'm not a club guy. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna walk down the street and be like oh shit you know they go Alvin no Alvin's the guy that needs to that? like shit. yes they do yeah I'm gonna yes, have to do. chat you up one, for man. a little bit right yeah okay. I'm six one but I'm gonna have to chat you up for a little bit I'm gonna have to have a conversation with you I'm gonna have to you know I'm gonna I'm gonna have to schmooze a little bit I think mm, they love it when they say schmooze he may not mm, be playing schmooze. to his strengths in regards to how he's approaching the dating market. And that's the nice way I'm trying to put it. So I think that he may be probably trying to do this in an app-based centric way when I think that he probably should do stuff that's a bit more natural to him and try to find people in a more natural setting. And I think he'd have more success. And I'm not going to Yeah, and I'm trying to... Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. trying to... Uh, and an example, right? And I'm, and I'm making a lot of assumptions at this guy because usually, like, when when I know the person and I have a bit more context, I can tell you exactly what they should do. But like, a lot of times, it's a it's a nerdier guy who's mm-hmm. trying to like pick up like have glasses, you know, dime pieces in fucking L.A. that are fucking like models and shit. Mm-hmm. Is is that really is your that lane, true? man? Is that really your lane? It happens a lot. Oh. Trust me. Okay, because I really, feel like I see people in their lanes. Like, okay, he know uh, he's dating a little dorky girl too. Like, they know where to, they I know mean, what's I, up. So, no, but that, no, but this is this is my point, right? This is my point, okay. right? I think they get That's to the a point where they, I, yeah, I think they get to the point where they finally know what's up, right? I okay, think okay, men, okay. I think men generally he have an outsized, enough that he should know. I think it takes a while for I think it takes a while for some men to know. Men have an outsized level of confidence based on what they actually bring to the table more often than not. So I think that what he probably should do is let's theoretically say because again I don't want to put too much on him because again I have zero context. Let's say he's let's say he's a let's say he's a fucking comic con guy right or he fucking likes Yu Gi Oh cards. I like both. Like like meet you meet you a nice little young lady you know at the fucking Yu Gi Oh like tournament right. Mm -hmm. Hit it off. Have a conversation with her. Yeah, mm-hmm. or or like you say, get a new be, hobby. Like be find different that you... is also good advice sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like he needs to change his strategy to fit what he brings to the table. I love and that. Sa- I and love I'm saying that, that as a person that had to learn what worked for me. I love that. I love. I never would have thought of that, but I absolutely love that, Alvin. Like, mm. like just because Allegation. dating apps exist doesn't mean that that's your lane for dating. Your lane might be going out and meeting people in real time. Like for him, I feel like what you just mm-hmm. said he should do is is that's exactly what he should do. I and don't I also, feel like I don't feel like the online dating culture if that's what he's doing, I don't think that's his lane. But I also want to note that I do recognize that for a lot of people that's more difficult. So I do Absolutely. think that's just, just, just saying, more difficult. Just saying that yes, is just is. saying that Okay, cool. I just said it. Like what you just said is like like, this guy has bad aim, so he should learn how to use a sword. It's like that's a way harder way to kill somebody. Yep. It's like it's like oh shit. You know, I I don't got no swag. Maybe I should just go get rich. Like fuck, nigga. You just said like you just said to eat. You know, the most difficult shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of build a business instead. And then on top of that, when you're talking about introverted, quote unquote nerdy type of people, they don't 
they might not be comfortable with face to face. The 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 virtual thing might be more comfortable for them. So they do a lot start. of online thing because most most quirky people know they're quirky. And so they they feel shame because they don't want anybody else to know that they're quirky because then mm-hmm. that person might reject them if you if you know I'm quirky like this. The rejection so, does happen. Yes. So it's like if I go and I talk to people about this all the time, Lord, if I go and I meet somebody, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I wear the wrong thing? What if my joke doesn't land? What if, yeah. what if, what if, what mm. if? But when you get online and nobody can see you, you have time to think about how you're going to respond. You have time to think about what your game, what your line is going to be, what mm. your what your quip, you, what your wit is going to be. You have you time. You have time. But that was, I was, I'm low-key the opposite because that shit was anxiety-inducing for me because- the online, so, yeah, like the online stuff, like even texting. Like sometimes I would get like anxiety just because I would just be mm. in my head too much, mm-hmm. overthinking shit. So yeah, I get, like, I definitely get what you're saying. Like you know, you can look up shit, you can p- put something together real quick. Mm-hmm. But I have definitely been on the side of <laughs> niggas who are overthinking shit. It's not natural. I'm not just relying on myself mm-hmm. that I might be just forced to be like in a in like present moment with somebody. Mm-hmm. I remember. I went on this one date, tried to over prepare for the motherfucker because I was always in my head yeah, like they had chocolates I don't know and what a teddy bear. <laughs> Hell no, nah. um, I always knew better than that bullshit. But um, yeah. Anyway, like not no. anyway. <laughs> oh, that, I don't know. That nah. seemed real specific. Like did that did that happen to you? Nigga <laughs> <laughs> went on three dates no, with like, a teddy bear. And teddy like, I learned my lesson. Yeah. No, moment. well, it was, but it's, it's in a similar vein. It's in a similar vein because it's trying to be overly prepared and just trying too hard mm-hmm. instead of just letting shit be natural. Mm-hmm. And what I was about to say was like, I overprepared for one date and one of the most awkward dates I've ever had in my life where I was trying to like come up with questions to ask. I was looking in books. I was researching like dating books that had questions. Mm-hmm. And y'all know me. I mm-hmm. can't, if I'm trying to like read some shit or like I'm trying to like remember some shit and then say some shit. Mm-hmm. It's not coming out clean, and like well, even the waiter was just looking at me in the like, background, giving him mm-hmm, advice mm-hmm, while he was trying mm-hmm. to type. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, bro. It was yeah. So it's it can go a little bit of both ways, just like Alvin said, Agreed. like really getting in tune with knowing your strengths. Yep. That's but why were you, you gotta smoother find your in lane. person? Like, were you pulling yeah, up well, people in the club like clean? I don't do that. Like that's that's not or really just my, whatever my, the whatever my, the equivalent is. Because I'm just like as as anxious yeah. as you might have been in text. Were you did you feel more comfortable even like? Hey, like I saw you from across the whatever, whatever. I, I liked your style. Like da da da. What's your name? Like, are you doing that or? It depends, bro. Like I mean, like it just okay. depends. Uh, where like if if there's a if there's like a vibe or whatever. Yeah. Cool. I can go up. Hey, da da. Just have a just a regular conversation. Just ask questions, like relevant questions, and then get them talking. Then cool. My name is such and such. Or just give them a random compliment about some shit. Told y'all before. One of my favorite things to do when I get drunk is give drive by compliments, and then that <laughs> actually get it. them to stop. Like, and yeah. I just keep on walking. It's a great feeling, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Shade, you look, look educated. Good, yeah. We <laughs> right. love them drive-by compliments, Josh, on behalf of... Mm-hmm. We love those. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so good fellas out there. It's been tried, tested, and proven. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, um, but yeah, man, let's, it's just really like, like, again, echoing what Alvin said, really figure out what works for you, like where your strong suit is. Yep. My, mm-hmm. my last bit, just before we move on to another topic, I feel like like I know the 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 there's a lot of sub like a lot of our responses are based on the subtext of this conversation of like sexless men and women's standards and a lot of like internet dating like pseudo red pill talking points that we're kind of pushing back against or like implicitly kind of responding to. 
in this one though, I think even if Buddy is not matching himself well to the people he's going after, he's not like generating attractiveness in the right way. We're talking about all that. I just want to say, like specifically, standing him up was wrong, Absolutely. and he just yes. experienced a bad totally. person yeah. in this situation. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I want to start with that, like regardless yeah. of whether or not he was attractive, because we're making a lot of judgments. He got glass. He's got a little bit of a speech impediment. He doesn't have the the basiest voice, and we're kind of making some judgments. Ain't nobody say that shit. <laughs> no, that was all very Nah, 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 yeah. Ask Christian the next time y'all talk to him quirky. about how quirky I am. All, That's okay, why, we're yeah, all quirky, I'm, but the point is that it's not conventionally yeah. attractive to be quirky. Yeah, That's my quirk, my talk about quirkiness wasn't about his aesthetics. It was just about yeah. like maybe the way he acts or behaves yeah. or functions or thinks. And I or said, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on his swag at this point. I'm on like his his, his way of moving through. I wasn't mm, talking about Eddie up here calling the man ugly. I know. Right, yeah, exactly. Ain't nobody say all that. Pre- pre- mm-hmm. so, I mean, he's probably got a club foot, you know. Right. He's not He's not a, he's not a looker either. We like, over here talking know. about okay, Comic-Con. No, no. We mm-hmm. over here talking about, uh, you know. Yeah, right. 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 So, and Eddie said, said this man got little dick totally, energy. Eddie this nigga Eddie trying to Eddie trying to put us on the same time he on. He just wanted to say that. Nigga, if you just want to say he was ugly, just say he was ugly then, nigga. Okay. I didn't say that. I know, like, aside from the physical, I'm putting that on all y'all. I mean, but aside from <laughs> uh-uh. the physical element, I think that everything that has been said in this conversation very implicitly implies that we view this man as, for whatever reason, not attractive in his dating endeavors. And in some way, that's causing a mismatch in him to have not the success that he's looking for. That seems foundational to everything that everybody has said. Do we disagree there? I think his actions think, are unattractive. Yes, that's what I was about to actions, say. Sure. That, yeah, I think, I think actions, everybody fine, fine. I think I agree, but my whole point was that everybody's unattractive in the context. It's the whole Albert Einstein fake ass quote about like, you know, if I'm judging oh. a fish on its ability to climb up a tree, then the motherfucker's gonna fail every time. I'm saying that he needs to find his fucking fishbowl. That's what I'm saying. That's I think that's everybody he needs, has he to, needs find to match who he is to his situation. Yeah. yeah and well, I, the, but, but I do but, think that a lot of people's a lot of people some people have a fishbowl some people have a pond some people have a lake yeah. some people it's have an ocean comparisons because if you yeah. have a gorgeous person they can pick up nerds too like they're not getting rejected yeah. in that it, like being a pretty privilege exists mm-hmm. like social adeptness privilege exists these yes. things are all real and i think we all identified that this is a guy with a smaller fishbowl and that's what everybody was responding to even if y'all want to gaslight me a little bit i feel no, like that's 100 what, what i'm saying about. that's 100 what i'm yeah. saying just for a different reason than you said initially yeah okay so he needs to, yeah. We'll take out the the bit about him being not the not the greatest looking guy, but I'm sticking by that. I'm saying that. But regardless, even if you don't find somebody attractive and you don't want to go on a date and they start weirding you out a little bit, cancel. Hey, I can't make it. Hey, I'm not mm-hmm. feeling it. Hey, you know mm-hmm. what? I think I'm actually like I don't. You can like lie too. Because I've, I've had somebody cancel on me. I'm like, I know it's a lie. You're not feeling me. That's cool. And they might say something like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm not looking to date right now. I see him on the app swiping the next day. But hey, mm-hmm. all right, cool. Mm-hmm. I, just, mm-hmm. I get it. Not a problem. Be honest. Or, or at yeah. least tell me something yeah. so that Be I don't waste my time and gas. I know. 
And that's I mean, it. Shit, I, I, sometimes honesty can be a little overrated. Like, you know, sometimes. Yeah, I don't need honesty. You know what? Yeah, of course. Give, give me a little half and half, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, a little, so a little let me down me. easy. Let me down easy. <laughs> All right, last one. There's so much, there's so much good shit on here. Wait, wait, sorry, Josh, did you have a thing that you want? Because this is going to be the last one. So we can pick a different one if you like, yo, I want to hit something. Shit, who is, whose responsibility is navigating emotional unavailability at, from that thread? Okay, whose responsibility is navigating emotions? Yeah, fuck. Give me one second. Uh -oh. I got something in my eye. Yeah. One okay. second. Oh, oh Y'all keep going. Girl, you scared me. You scared me for a second. I thought she was I thought she was taking a bump over there, girl. I was like, whoa. Okay. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. Cocaine, not crack. All right. Holy she's cocaine, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cocaine, Batman. She's she's taking a she's taking a bump on air. <laughs> That's the real therapy. The pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. <laughs> An eight ball. I've that never like a, like a Nancy Drew book. I've never right. not been shocked like a motherfucker whenever I seen somebody take a bump in like a bathroom. Like that shit shocks me. It's always it's like I feel like time, a little like, kid. It throws me up. Yeah, I feel like a child every single time I've yeah. seen it. No, I I was at a house party and motherfuckers yeah. started doing bumps of ketamine and I was like, but I was and I was I was having a conversation and she was just like, oh yeah, you know I have some ketamine. I was like, yeah, yeah. So as we were saying, I was like, damn, I'm really an adult. Like, am I allowed to be here? Yeah. This is like some movie shit. Like also, also, just being real, ketamine seems like an Eddie drug. Like if you were gonna do a drug, like mm. on the regular, it seems like it would really be yeah, ketamine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, what makes you think <laughs> that? Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting that vibe. It's just, it seems like a um. That shit is it a seems like it, it seems like an artsy like culture drug. Like it's mm, like does you know, it? Yeah, people in the. If you said LSD, like, maybe or I would make could see that. If you said mushrooms, I could totally see that. I but see ketamine? both of those also. Okay, okay, okay. Th those make sense to me. Like, I, I get what stereotype you're putting on me, but the yeah. but ketamine seems rough. That's a hard drug. That's up there with, like, meth. That's Walter But you White said you wanted to do meth? When I die. You said not, like, now. <laughs> he also specifically said heroin. What did I jump back in? Yes, okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's Forgive okay. me. We, we, I, we, I, we want to get on that right. No, that's okay. We just, <laughs> we Something on top of my contact your, lens, I, and it felt like death, a, so I had to go. We would just... <laughs> are you good now, though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you okay, all right? Okay. I came right, back to meth and smoking crack and yeah. what? What? <laughs> well, what happened? Because we thought we, we thought when you were fiddling with your eye, we thought we were doing a bump of cocaine, but then you clarified that you were not. <laughs> it looked it just like you were going. You went to it. I was like, whoa! <laughs> 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 no, hey, no, no oh my god! Oh baby, I got something in my eye. <laughs> 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 I can't feel my face. <laughs> it was the I worst feel my eye ever. ever. Oh, that's yeah. so terrible, y'all. That is so terrible. No, oh, no, that's good. Yeah, no, no bumps, no bumps of cocaine. We believe you. Y'all might see okay. me smoke oh, a little yeah. weed, but no cocaine. All no. right, all right. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Wait, no. ne never, never. No, I have an addictive no, personality. Fuck? I it's have like, an you like the party? personality. So even oh, yeah, you I, like the party, girl? <laughs> even if I had an inclination to do a bump of cocaine, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. Then I wouldn't Same be for me. Yeah. I'm like, Isn't that your personality now? Once I find something I like, that's it. I'm stuck hmm. I'm on doing it. I get fixated mm -hmm. on it. So mm -hmm. I don't need to do... Uh -uh. No. Yeah. Okay. My dad, my dad so warned you, me against that shit. He was like, "Don't whatever you do, don't do cocaine. Mm -mm. cocaine. I heard I that. I think you might have saved my life, too. Yep. 
Mm-mm. Yeah, I've never had it. I never. Had I'm it. good on that. But yeah, I'm gonna try all yeah, the drugs. Too. Like I'm just gonna speed run them between like 90 and 100. I'm just gonna <laughs> hit every drug until I until I'm. And die. then you're yeah. not gonna die. You're gonna be sick, and you're gonna live. I'm gonna be awake. Like, wait, I'm gonna be awake. You're gonna live to be like I'm gonna live to 105. Yes. <laughs> just, high. <laughs> just high as fuck. This nigga ain't gonna never just come down. Just <laughs> running on methane, <laughs> methane yep. cocaine. You're gonna do all them drugs, thinking you close to death, and then you're gonna live another. I'm seeing in seven dimensions. Yeah. Just a old, the oldest crack addict ever to exist. Meth head. You gonna have the Guinness Book right. of World Records for the I'm oldest, oldest fuck still trying to fuck women. Like, come on, right. I get it up. Right. Lord. Yeah, it. Okay. Oh, shit. So right, the question was, whose responsibility is navigating emotional unavailability? Let me let me read off these messages to to give context okay. to to everybody listening. And pull them up. So first one, emotionally unavailable men will breadcrumb you to death by feeding you little things that make you like him and will neglect giving you the things you actually want and need from them, even when you directly ask for them. That's manipulation. Next one is, that's why they'll give you flowers when you're mad instead of actually fixing the issue. Fixing the issue is the hard part. Most men are emotionally unavailable, are unaware that they are, and where it stems from. That's why more men need to be in therapy. Old boy responds, take accountability and leave. She responds, take accountability and learn yourself and intentions when dealing with someone, communicating them clearly so there's no confusion. Thanks. And then there's a bit of back and forth. But I think that's the good like setup of this context. So what's the question? So the question is, so the question is in, in situations like this uh-huh. where because it's a, it's a topic that comes up a lot, which is that like um, usually it's a, it's talked about about a man. A woman wants something from a relationship, whether it's commitment, whether or not it's intimacy, whether it's just being treated kinder, whether it's a label, those kinds of things. And men being emotionally unavailable and then breadcrumbing them with like, oh, baby, I don't like labels, but we'll figure it out. F- fake future projection, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Having lots of intimacy, but not like maybe sexual intimacy, but not going that further step. And the question I think that sprung up to me was whose responsibility is it in those moments uh, to communicate that emotional unavailability, to recognize it, and to leave, because I, my answer would be it depends on the situation. Some of these situations, I agree, are breadcrumbing and manipulation. Mm-hmm. Some of these are a person refusing to take no as an answer. A gotcha. guy has said, "I'm not interested in this relationship of this kind. I'm interested in kindness with you. I'm interested in casual sex. I'm interested in mm-hmm. what we are." Your upsetness about the fact that it's not and never will be more mm-hmm. is not my, like, I'm not available to you and you can't mm-hmm. make me available to you. But mm-hmm. motherfuckers do manipulate that shit and be like, oh no, baby, next year we're going to get married. Da, da, da. So mm-hmm. my question is as a therapist, <laughs> whose responsibility is what? How do we navigate what's what? How do we know if we're the one tripping, et cetera? You know? Everybody's. It's everybody's Everybody. responsibility. Okay, okay, okay. Because if Ooh. you got a situation where you, f- what is your boundary? How long are you gonna eat the breadcrumbs before you mm. say, you know what? I, yeah. I I desire something different. So the breadcrumbs are cool for whoever, but not for me. That's my boundary. So I'm out. You also are responsible is, yeah. for communicating how you feel honestly, and then when you see that the other person isn't isn't acting in this relationship according to the boundaries that you set, you need to leave. So if you're the breadcrumber and you have mm, no okay. intention on making this a solid thing because this is it was X, Y, and Z, and that's mm. all it's going to be, when you see that I am acting like D, E, and F, you need mm. to go. Because I'm because I'm not operating in the in the boundaries for the relationship. I'm not acting like this is a situationship. I'm acting like I can change your mind. 
And we're going to go from a situationship to a relationship. So if you get that vibe from your partner that they want a relationship when the agreement was a situationship, then you need to leave. If you're in a situation where you have expressed what you want, how long do you take the breadcrumbs before you take responsibility for leaving? So everybody got to be responsible. Cause That's I can't, a good ass point. I can't put it on you because you breadcrumbing me and say, well, it's your fault. You need to get your shit together. Girl, get your shit together and figure out what your boundaries are. Because if you've been sitting around and been promised marriage for five out of the six years, that's on you. That's not on him. That's a lying ass nigga, though. And that because, five times, that's a lot. But listen, though, ass-ass. but listen, yeah. though, mm-hmm. why, why does mm-hmm. he have... Where does he get the motivation to stop being a lying ass nigga if it ain't no boundaries? If what I want to, if I want to keep this with you and I know telling mm-hmm. you, baby, we'll get married next year. We'll get married as soon as my finances work out. We'll get married as soon as I get this job. We'll get married as soon as I get this house. If I'm Sometimes take, it's genuine. If I'm, but if I'm, t- it could absolutely be, but you But know you still what? have to cut, you still have to but cut you, it off. But I the agree. other person still has to say what their boundary is because even if it takes you five years to get it sorted i love you no if i hire contractors Mm -hmm. if i'm talking to contractors Mm -hmm. about building me a house they keep running this contractor tells me it'll take us three years this contractor says it'll take us five and i say well i want to go with the person that's three years but then i find out that the shit gonna fall apart if it's mm. built in three years, and then the person that takes five is going to build me something sturdy. But then somebody else comes along that I really like and tells me that they can build my house in 10, but it's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that I have to mm. wait. Whole bu- like, guess who I'm going to go with? Get five-year contract. I'm going to get the five-year contract because that yeah. works for me. The 10-year additional whatever might work for somebody else, the three-year a home that the three little pigs had might work for somebody else, but I need mm-hmm. something that's certain and safe. So I'm going to go with what aligns with my desires. I'm not about to be sitting around with no nigga and I want to get married and have babies and he keep dropping breadcrumbs like we playing mm-hmm. Hansel and Gretel. I'm not doing that. And he could be a good dude, but he's good for somebody else. Yeah. Like I think know, we got to give men the space yeah. to be uncertain, but yeah, but, th- but that doesn't obligate you to be there mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. they sort the, through that uncertainty. Yeah. I don't have to be here while you figure it out, and I don't have to be yeah. here while you build it. I don't. Un- I could just find somebody not that lying matches. Either. No, yeah. it's not. It's not. Uncertainty See, and, and lying that's... are two different things. Yeah. I I think also like because I, I want to give a little bit because I I agree with you, Pamela. But I think a thing that I always worry about in these conversations about like accountability and leaving and enforcing your boundaries is, and I've said this before on multiple different kind of related topics, is that I feel like if a person takes advantage of you and you allow them to take advantage of you, they are still the primary responsible person for the, the harm that happens to you. So in a situation like this, I'm like, yeah, cool. You need to leave, and that's good. But I don't want to put words that feel like blame on you for not for staying through that 10-year that contract. For me, you it's not I mean? an either-or. It's, okay. it's not about a right or wrong. That's why I said everybody has responsibility because if somebody's okay. manipulating me, it okay. doesn't take away my responsibility just because I'm being okay. manipulated okay. because I'm going to tell you what, there are emotions and feelings that come along with somebody manipulating you. It doesn't feel good. So at the moment where I don't feel good, that's when I need to make a decision. Not, not 
it, yeah, the onus is on the manipulator. But when I have those feelings that tell me this shit ain't I right, I still have a responsibility. This don't to feel myself. good. Thank you. I have a responsibility to honor myself and get the hell up out of that. I can't put that on the other person. Like, I can't do that. Okay. You know. Thank you. Like, oh my god. Like, I swear to God, so many people don't understand that. Just that concept. It's like, yes, manipulation is wrong. Like, a person shouldn't be out here manipulating somebody. But like, come on, like. How long are you going to sit in this situation and allow yourself to be treated like this or to feel bad? Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, oh, the other person, like, no, like you got some mm-hmm. onus in this. Like, you still have to take care of yourself. You still got to love your damn self. Mm-hmm. Come Don't, on, like, stand listen. up for yourself. Do something. Don't call me and tell me how trifling he is over and over and over. Don't call me and tell me he, he lied to a, you over and over and yeah, over. Yeah. Don't tell me that he told you one thing, you found out something else, and then you call me and justify it. Don't do that over and over and over because that part of it is your responsibility. Once you recognize this don't feel good, this don't feel right, my gut telling me something else, you need to investigate that. But if you sit with it and you justify it and you make excuses and you keep going along and keep getting your feelings hurt when you know that shit don't feel good, that is on you. That ain't on the person that's manipulating you. That's on you because you gotta honor that, yourself. That's the, yes, see, that's the language that I that I that I struggle with because on you because like I, I understand at the most literal sense what you and Josh are saying that makes sense to me, which is saying I have it doesn't matter whose fault it is, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong here. It's about what responsibility do I have to taking care of myself. Sure, but I think when we put that out in the ether and we're having this like larger social media platform conversation, there's so much rhetoric which is which tries to place the bad behavior of specifically men mm-hmm. on the women that they're hurting and i'm like that once we say it's on you that that just that you're missing me that suggests miss- something okay yeah, his yeah. behavior ain't on her yeah his, his behavior is not on her okay, okay. I, I appreciate the clarification is yeah. on her what she chooses to deal with is on her what she sits and justifies is on her the lies that she knows are a lie and she keeps in this that's on her what she does is on her. What he does is on him. That's why I said everybody's responsible. When I say it's on you, I ain't blaming you for what he did. I am going to hold you accountable for what you accept. That is on you. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming the person it. being yeah. taken advantage of. No, I'm not blaming you because he lied to you, cheated on you, manipulated you. But what I'm going to hold you accountable for is how much of this do you tolerate? How much of this are you going to justify? How much of this are you going to try to work out in your mind to make it okay mm-hmm. when you know you feel like shit internally? That is on you. At that point, it's self-harm. I'm subjecting myself to self-harm. If I know my husband is lying and cheating, if I know my husband is manipulating me, if I know my husband is gaslighting, I know it. I'm conscious. I ain't talking about what I'm not conscious of, what I don't know. I'm talking about what I am fully aware of. I know he's lying. I know he manipulated me. I know what I felt, and I know he gaslit me. I know that I took blame for something I didn't do. When I can acknowledge all of that, that is my responsibility to take care of. I can't change him. That That's on him. What I can do for me, though, is on me. 
I have to take responsibility for that. I can't put that on nobody else. That's not how that works. So we can be unaware and I can give people grace who are unaware. I can give people grace because leaving a relationship is a difficult thing to do. It's nuanced. But what I will not take away from you is what you allow people to do to you after you are aware that it's happening. I can't I can't put that on nobody else. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna have to think on that because I don't know where I, I don't know where I. But that's but that is because if point. I treat you like yeah. shit, Eddie, if I treat you like shit, we in a relationship, and I treat mm. you like shit, and I manipulate you, I swipe up your credit card, I have parties at the house when you're not home, yeah, I no, see no, other niggas yeah. while you at work in the house in our bed, I do all of that mm. to you, right? I'm responsible for how I treat you. But if you know I'm doing that, you know I'm actively doing that in our relationship and you go around to Josh and Alvin and they say, nigga, why you let her treat you like this? And you say, oh, no, nah, man, she ain't doing that. Yeah, man, but she don't mean it. Yeah, man, but she ain't, it ain't you know, like that. If you do that, like that's not on yeah. me. Your acceptance of my bad behavior no, is because, not on me. Because the other thing is people people in these situations and i'll move into the into a next kind of a point because that's fair i just need to i'm just gonna need to think on this because i i, I low-key don't <laughs> yeah. think i agree but i think the thing is when a person is manipulating you your behavior is is part of their calculation mm-hmm. so and and it i don't think that we get to we get to fully just be like okay it's if not- i if i allow if, if i allow that stuff right and mm-hmm. go, okay, well, that's that's fully on me that I'm allowing. It's like, yeah, but you're making that calculation. You're going, okay, I'm doing what he allows. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that is still it's on you. It's a reaction. But once you realize that there's a formula that causes your reaction, once you realize that gaslighting is the reason you cry all the time and feel bad all the time, when you realize that me making excuses is why you feel bad, once you are aware this comes with anybody. I ain't just talking about uh, romantic relationships. I mean mm-hmm. any relationship. When somebody sure. is doing something to you that causes a response, that's manipulation when they have ill intent, right? Once right. I'm aware of the formula that they are using to weaponizing against me, it is my decision to decide what I'm going to do moving forward. So if I argue with my man and everything is always my fault, and then all of a sudden it clicks to me one day, wait a minute, mm, maybe not. Yeah. he gaslighting the, the shit out of me. Now yeah. I know the formula. So now I can't put it, I can't put my actions on him because I know what he's doing. So what am I going to do differently when he does that to me? When he gaslights me, what am I going to do now that I know that's a gaslighting statement? You see what I'm saying? So he's making the statement. That's on him. But now that I know the formula, how I respond is on me. Well, that's, that's what that. I have to talk to people about in therapy because they be like, well, he did. She did. My mama did. My daddy did. And I'd be like, well, what did you do in response now that you know that this is how they operate? Now that you're aware of this cycle of behavior, this dynamic, what do you do to stop the cycle? What are you going to do? Because you can't control Josh, them. Josh you is can't, a strong agreement. Yeah, you can't stop you say, them. You saying, you saying some shit that he been, he been trying to Yeah, trying you can't to stop the I've been trying to articulate. But, yeah. Like, cause like, bro, like, is that's, cause that's such a victim mindset and I'm not, and I'm not trying to take away nothing from, from people who hurt, who go through this or whatever. But if you going to sit there and just, and just, just be put upon like, and be a victim, a continuous victim, even if you are aware of shit and then just 
point the finger at the other person. They're manipulating me. I can't do nothing about it. I can't like bro. You can like, do something. Yeah. What, okay, love true. your like love your like. What you mean? You can't do nothing about it. Like get get up. Stand up for your Stand damn up, stuff. Girl. Yeah. I know it's hard. It I know work. it's tough. That shit sucks. I'm sorry it happened to you, but it's work. It's Creating work. It's work. Is but it's work. Like, yo. And it's hard. It is hard whether you are the victim or the perpetrator to accept accountability. I work with a lot of people who have been the victim of something or a survivor of something. And I ain't talking about some type of um, harmful, physically abusive something. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like miscommunication, issues with communication within relationships, friendships, or whatever. I work with people like that who may have been done wrong, but there's also part of the responsibility is on them because they went along with it after they knew after they knew that whoever was take a friend was taking advantage of them, we talked about the manipulation. We talked about how it works. We talked about when do you recognize when it starts? What does that make you feel like? So the last part of it is, what do you do? You can't control them. You can't make a grown person do nothing, but you can make so yourself. Make your life yeah, you can yeah. do, once you recognize what's happening to you and what somebody is doing to you and how that makes you feel, then you have the control of deciding how you're going to be affected by that, whether or not you're going to be a part of it, whether or not you're even going to be engaged in that. That's your responsibility. Not, not whatever's being put on you. You can't do shit about that. You can't do nothing about that, but you can and take you responsibility go. for your own actions once yeah, you are yeah, aware yeah. of how somebody's behavior is harming you. And so she sang it. And look, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, if you hear old boy in the text telling you about he wants to be a husband and he wants to be a father and he's bringing you flowers and he texting you 57,000 times before the meeting, you might be seeing a red flag. But at the same time, if somebody's been treating you in a relationship consistently and you're not willing to show up for yourself in order to, to, to leave and find a better situation for yourself, according to Josh and Pam, <laughs> maybe it may be you that's waving. I ain't say that shit. I don't, I'm not in that group chat. But I said it. It may I be you that's it. waving. The, it may be you that's waving that the red flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with I 20 toes shit. down. Maybe 20 toes it. down. 20 shit. toes down. Uh, 10 toes. It's been, <laughs> 10 toes each. <laughs> it, it's been Eddie. It's been Josh. It's been uh, Alvin. Joined, of course, by Pamela, the therapist, the pastor's wife, if you will, as well. That's the secondary. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they didn't. Is that secret? Yes. Crazy. No. I am the pastor's okay. wife. Okay. Sure okay, I am. Okay. The, the cousin <laughs> drinking, smoking pastor's wife that talks shit. Yes, Amen. Yes, Amen, indeed. church. And we and we love to see. You. Right, so look, church, church. where can the folks find you? What should they check out? Where's your content? Uh, you got concerts coming up. You're going on tour. You got a new book. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, Listen, yeah, right. I wish you can find me on Facebook um, at Therapy in Theology. Therapy in the letter in theology.com oh. is my website. You can get to my Facebook book support group you can book me you can have a 15 minute free consultation with me you can have me come and talk to whoever you your mama daddy your church your your organization community health organization whatever but therapy the letter n theology.com you can connect to everything that i'm a part of instagram facebook all of that if you just go to that website cop that and if you're interested, yes, you know, if you're a listener to our shit and you love it, you know what I'm saying? Which you should if you got any any sense to you. <laughs> like, subscribe, comment, let us know what you think. Join about the this Patreon. Episode.
Join that motherfucking Patreon. Join that and motherfucking also, Patreon. Also, Spotify and YouTube. There's also bonus content there. So if you're listening on Spotify, if you're watching on YouTube and you want to get the, the bonus episodes, you can also get that there or over on the Patreon. If you want access to the Discord, if you want to join the lives, if you want all the bonus content, hop over Send there. Send it to your friends and your us. family. Yeah, because if you know. like it, your friends will like it. Send it to your friends. We almost at 14k. Get us up to 15. Birds of a feather, you know. Come they on, man. flock together, yeah, right. nigga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's in a pod. Yeah. Right. What else we, we got? Y'all family over here. Come on. Yeah. Come hey, on. Hey, fuck it. Pigs in you know? a blanket. What do I? Come on. Yeah. It's all in the family. Forget about it. All right. You got the baba <laughs> gun. Right, I got the ganoush. Come on. Yeah. You got the kafilka fish. I don't know. That's a, that's the wrong stereotype. That's a different. <laughs> different cuisine but you know what i'm saying go to bed everybody you know what i'm saying put your put your kids to bed eat some have a good night all right that's it that's the podcast peace 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 Did peace and blue magic hair grease oh fries and goodbyes peace and chicken grease yeah. all right <laughs> recording ending now everyone <laughs>